tossing dice It had to be The only one for me is you And you for me So happy together I can't see me loving nobody by you For all my life When you're with me, baby The skies will be blue For all my life That was Happy Together by The Turtles. Little cover from your boy. Coming to you live from Oldies 95, Kansas City's Oldies Station. Used to listen to that growing up. Yep, that was that was one of the jams. Always listen to that on the way to school with my mama, my brother, my sis. Yep, the good old days indeed. I started to wonder, hey Jeremiah. What are you wondering about? This is what I'm wondering about. What song would be the best representation of this episode? What what would encapsulate the energy of this episode? And it's Happy Together by the Turtles. I'm just happy to be talking and hanging and riffing with my guest today, Rory Scovel. If you don't know who Rory Scovel is, look him up on Netflix. Check out his late night sets on Conan. I feel like some of them have been groundbreaking sets. We talk about that a little bit later in the episode. Right now is about you guys and me. How are you guys feeling, huh? We good? Let's get some positive energy flowing in the cubicle, in the car, in the in the jog, the gym, the uh, the bedroom, the office, <laughs> wherever you're listening to this bad boy, in the bed of a pickup truck. I don't know where you're listening to this thing, but mm, you already feel better, don't you? Yeah, I'm coming fresh from North Carolina, guys. Yep. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Yeah, I, I know James Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was just there, buddy. Yeah, you can calm down. Whenever I say North Carolina, you don't have to. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Whenever I say it, it's very weird. Sometimes there's buzzwords like in the William Montgomery episode, uh, Miller High Life was one. Uh, it set off an ad campaign. Uh, whenever you say, you know, NC, uh, James Taylor starts singing on this podcast, very strange. We did a Kill Tony show there, and Kat Begla showed up. Man, it was uh, it was good to see him. Hadn't seen him in a moment. It was good times. I mean, we did four stand-up shows, so it was a good time to catch up and hang with my, my pals Tony Hinchcliffe and Brian Redband. And we went to a, uh, a pool hall a couple nights, and uh, <laughs> proud to say that your boy beat Tony Hinchcliffe in... Two nights of pool, 12 games to two. Yep, uh, make sure you bring that up to him the next time you see him, that Jeremiah whooped him in pool, 12 games to his two games. Yep, felt good. He's a he's a good pool player, but I was, I was on. I was on. I was feeling it, guys, and, and I'm a competitive dude. Doesn't come out very often within comedy, but certain certain games certain certain table games certain uh, certain board games your boy <laughs> watch out he's competitive i want to thank everybody for uh, all the positive comments and feedback that i got on that green beret heckler video if you don't know what i'm talking about go to my instagram or social media anywhere at jeremiah standup watch it it's on youtube it's spreading it's on reddit had a good time it's bizarre i got hit in the balls on stage in the comedy store uh, original room and i dealt with it Another thing that happened this week, guys, 
I had a night of comedy, one of my worst nights of comedy in a long time, which I feel is important to share with, uh, you know, this audience, uh, that it's not all just like, it's not all just roses, you know, it's not, just, it's just so fun. It's everything's perfect. Everything's like, uh, in harmony. Nope. I had a night on Tuesday that was so bad. I just bombed all across the board, improv and the comedy store wasn't feeling it. Didn't connect whatever happened and it was a bomb fest yeah but you know what it's good to get those out of the early part of the year because then you don't have to worry about when it's going to come next so it's growth bombing is growing and sometimes it hits you upside the side of the head and you're like how did that happen and then you learn from your mistakes but uh, yeah, that was interesting. But then we went on to North Carolina and had great shows. So that was a nice pick me up for sure. Guys, email jeremiahwonders at gmail.com. Please send me your music submissions there if you want to have your music possibly featured uh, during the intro of this podcast. Or send me your kindness challenge letters there. I didn't plug that last week, but uh, and I haven't gotten some emails recently. So I want to uh, keep plugging that. If you don't know what the kindness challenge is, every week I challenge you guys, the audience, as well as myself, to do something nice for a stranger or somebody that you know out of the kindness of your heart. It doesn't have to be huge. It can be something really small. Uh, for example... This was something that I did that you would think is just a common courtesy um, uh, that could be, this is maybe a bad example, but this is just an example of something that happened literally earlier today. There's a little old woman on the on the plane uh, who's trying to get her giant overhead bin bag like down from her, and she's like, can't be more than like five feet tall. She's like r- reaching for it. Nobody's helping her. The bag looks really heavy, and like I made sure I got out of my seat and I said, I'll, I'll help you get this down. And I got it down for her, and she was on her way. Maybe that's a bad example of a kind of challenge, but it's more just about contributing positivity into the universe and just like putting it out there and paying it forward because nobody was helping her. It was really weird. Like people were just like watching this old woman struggling with her bag. And I'm like, I got you. Your boy is on the case. Boom, briefcase down, roll the bag. There you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Lady. Kindness challenge, pay forward. There you go. I'm Jeremiah. Nice to meet you. All right. See you next time. All right. North Carolina. Here we go. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Okay. Can't have be saying the NC word, otherwise James Taylor just pops up. Anywho, guys, uh, that's an example. So send me some emails to jeremiahwonders at gmail.com. Yes. Sponsors of the show, I want to thank Speedweed at Speedweed on Twitter. Hit up Gino for that, 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 that sticky, that icky, that blueberry, yum, gush, gush, what, huh, uh, uh, in your throat hole, speedweed. Yeah, guys, hit him up for marijuana delivery service, Bronxborn Pizza, at Bronxborn Pizza on social media. Also, hit up Great Block Pizza in Santa Monica, hit up my buddy Thomas Schiffer, hooking it up with us videos for YouTube. That's, he's making it happen, guys. And Minchie Music in Pennsylvania, at Minchie Music, at Decomatic, and at SethM710 for hooking your boy up with that saxophone. Yes. If you would like to sponsor the show, email jeremiahwonders at gmail.com. I'm selling airtime, baby. That's right. You can buy 30 seconds of airtime on Jeremiah Wonders. I will read whatever copy you'd like me to read. What? <laughs> yeah. Or 
If that's not your flavor, if that's not your thing, you can support the show at jeremiahwonders.com. There is a little PayPal donation button there. If you uh, can do that, that'd be great. Or help support me the show. Go over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review that podcast. We're over 300 reviews now. I appreciate people actually doing it. Whenever I've been asking about it lately, I'd love to get to 500 reviews in the next couple of months. Let's try to get up there, guys. Let's try to climb this up on the charts. I want to thank my pal Gage T. Rena for editing the audio and video of this podcast. What a guy. Coming from Texas. He's going to be moving out here in the spring, but he's he's my young Jamie. Young Jamie in training. Love that dude. And he's a hilarious comic, so check out his, his comedy while he's performing around Texas while he's still living there. I want to get into this episode real quick, like, because Rory Scovel is a national treasure. Happy to have him on this podcast. Uh, this is a, a perfect example for me of... Whenever I'm having a blast with somebody, whenever they lean into the concept of the show, it's a good balance of an interview with like riffing and fun and improv, and you're just going to love it. Watch his special on Netflix. Uh, Go see him live. I love this dude. You guys are going to love him too. Please welcome Rory Scovel to Jeremiah Wonders. God. Just get comfy in here, okay? fuck. Ooh, this feels... Good. God, that's nice. Is that good for you? That's nice. It's great for me talking to a. Oh, God. Talking to a, this guy right here. Check, check, check. Oh. Fuck. That's good, right? Fuck. Do you feel that? Fuck, check. Check. Fuck, check. Oh. Okay, yeah, that's right. Fuck. Coming. Wait. <laughs> Is that, is that good for you? This is the best phone sex. This is the couple who this is the couple who has sex uh, via the phone, but they're still in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honey, uh, you look uh, really good. Oh, how do you know? Oh, that's right. Hey, what are you wearing? Wait, you're okay. I kind of can see. Do you want me to get go- sweatshirt? <laughs> <laughs> Your business dress shirt and sweatpants that have stains on them. Yeah, it's good. Oh, fuck. Is that that coffee stain? Is that my coffee stain that's or your little, coffee stain? No, that's some poop. What? Yeah, I had an accident. Oh, that's hot. I accidentally pooped on your clothes. Oh, shut your face. I did. <laughs> I did, and I opened my ass. Wait. Yeah. Be more explicit. Here's my question. If you put food in your butt, do you throw up poop? Folks, thanks for coming out tonight. Let's get the show started. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, thanks for joining the benefit show tonight. <laughs> Super thanks grateful for y'all out to the it. Susan G. Komen benefit. Uh, cancer is everywhere. Especially in Susan. Yeah. And if you put food in your butt. It will possibly be thrown up later. Tonight's first comedian. Tonight's first comedian. Yeah, I'm your MC. So here's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you guys just did the raffle, the cancer <laughs> raffle. We're going to do comedy now. Is, Is that, that okay with you? Every time there's a show where you have to go, so here's how it works. I'm going to be bringing people up. I'll be coming back and forth. Every time that you're in the back and someone says that, you're like, well, I know that. And you're like, oh, yeah, audiences really don't know that. No. <laughs> Sometimes they're completely yeah. like, you're like, oh, we're literally having to instruct them what yeah. this show is entirely. Like they are truly like, wait, why is he back? 
Yeah. He already got a turn. Yeah, he are, this guy seems a little overzealous. <laughs> he keeps he keeps coming up here. And I just want to say, uh, I didn't like his set as much as the other people's. Why but is, he, yeah. he keeps coming up, though. It's, I don't know. I don't really like what he's doing. Openly with, criticizing the show during the show. Yeah. I don't like his take on things. Yeah. What's his, I don't like this whole mm. like maitre d' mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. personality that he has going. And he keeps getting us to clap and asking if we're ready. And also we're obviously here. He keeps asking how the energy is in here. How is the energy? How is the energy in here? Is this, are we doing okay? How's the energy? I know I should be dictating it, but I don't know. He how ke- is it? He keeps Talking about the energy so much that now I'm worried about the energy. Is the energy bad? It might. Actually, I'm starting to think I'm at a bad show because he keeps, he's starting to come off desperate. Yeah. Like, why am I paying for a ticket and then also having to adjust the energy? Yeah. I mean, I showed up. I paid. Why do I have to raise my energy level? Yeah. I'm here to sleep. (laughs) Can I just get (laughs) a solid two hours of sleep? My God. I have a child at home. The worst. This is good, man. This is good. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. You know Um, what? Thanks for having me. You know what? Yeah. I'm freaking glad you... Fucking thanks, man. (laughs) Dude, I'm freaking... I'm I'm glad you're here, dude. I mean, when you said, do you want to do this? I was like, fucking yeah. I think we can get around to doing this. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Um, I so I forgot to tell you the theme of the podcast. Uh, the theme of the Throw podcast is we watch the SAG screener of Handmaid's Tale. Okay. From front to back, all season, all season, not just this year's screener. <laughs> no, <laughs> you have to consider everything. <laughs> How can you have an opinion? If I don't personally know that Listen, you've seen all of it. I need you to see not just the head of the work. I need you to see the full body yeah, of work. Yeah. Yeah. Every episode. Every episode. Yeah. I get that. And the director's past work as well. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they coming from? Where are they coming who from? were they? What's their origin story? Yeah. Then we're going to branch off into who the writer is mm-hmm. and what they thought. And then, each writer of each episode. Yeah. And then we're going to do an exclusive best boy grip. Yeah. Yeah. Feature. Right. We're going to look at all the stuff that he's gripped on. Best boy. Do why is it called best boy? I don't know. Is there there's, there's not a, a reason. Be, there's not a best girl grip, is there? No. Mm. Thank you. And we're back. Thank and you, folks. We're back. Uh, we we're just talking with Rory Scovel about sexism in yeah. crews. Yeah. Best where, boy. Where's best, best boy? Girl? Where is the best girl? Yeah. And that's about to change. That's about to change. Yeah. They changed it to best man. Grip. Best like, man. You're missing like, the point. Oh, well, good for you for change. <laughs> yeah. And also not calling adults boys anymore. Yeah. That does feel good. Boy. But we need best man and best woman. Boy, I need you to grip this over here. <laughs> boy. Boy. I'm 48. Boy. Boy. I'm a, I've been in the union for like <laughs> yeah, 30 years. I'm older than I'm you. I'm older than you. You're, I'm your, I'm authority. <laughs> you're a 28-year-old director. I don't know what you, you're talking to me like this. Boy. Boy. Latte. Oh, he never learned what a best boy does. Bring me a soda. No, that's not. That's not it. And every time he brought me the soda, I'd say, I'd pat him on the head and I'd scratch behind his ears and I'd say, you're the best boy. You're the best. The best. You you mean it? Of course I do. You're the best boy. I also, mean, this is my voice for a 28-year-old. 
I'm a haggard 28-year-old man. <laughs> you have lived a very long, hard life after after film school. I've been directing since I was seven years old. Seven years 21 old? 21 years What of kind of movies were you directing when you were seven? Uh, indies out the ass, which is not uh, a phrase. It's a series. <laughs> indies out the ass was a series you made. IOA. Did you uh, have you won any awards or anything like that? Oh God, uh, no! I've never once been nominated. I'm an artist. I don't need awards. Sure. In my haggard years of being 28, the only recognition I need is knowing that when I get to set, someone brings me a soda. Well, your life expectancy can't be that long then. I'm due to die in about five months. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, uh, I have a horrific diet, a lot of general sows. And that is a clip for your consideration from Indies Out the Ass. That's Indies uh, Out the Ass. That's going to be a good series. That be, series, I've heard. I've heard that it's going to be strong. I, well, what I hear from so many people is that it's fun. Yeah. It's unique. It's different. It's a fun it's dark. Fun. That's what I hear. Yeah. Like it's a Milky a Way. It's a, you know, they have the dark version and yes. then they have the original. But the Midnight. Yeah. I like The Midnight. It can be good. It's got a, more of a marshmallow nougat. Yeah. What is nougat? Nobody really knows what mm. nougat is. Yeah, with candy bars, you can yeah. kind of just say... It's peanut in an envelope. Yeah. That's what a nougat is. Like marzipan. That's not something. Yeah. 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 Marzipan. Yeah. What is marzipan? Thank you. Yeah. Is it marshmallow? <laughs> is marzipan so. cheese? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm genuinely like, what the fuck have we been eating? Because it's good. <sighs> But is it even food? Because I've invested all of my stock in marzipan. <laughs> On the next, is it even food? <laughs> we look inside the food and find out, is it food? Is this next. actually food? On the next, is this actually food? Is this food? actually food? Marzipan. Marzipan. Now, speaking of series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who who is really happy with a segue, Fluffy. but then he blows it with a laugh. <laughs> now speaking of series, how can I be this good? I, I did it know. again. I he's done it again. Uh, speaking of series, uh, yeah. I see your sweatshirt there. There's a uh, there's a uh, a new uh, a new series that uh, this is unofficial merch. Is it really? My manager and agent got me this self-produced uh, as a gift right before shooting the pilot. And all I thought is like, if if it goes, great gift. If they don't pick up the show, <laughs> great reminder, guys. Reminder, <laughs> <laughs> just holding up the sweatshirt, just like oh, you gonna get rid of that sweatshirt? I don't know. It's the relic of something that could have been. Honey, we need to talk. You've been wearing that yeah. for seven months. Straight. You have clothes from all your failed pilots. <laughs> <laughs> it's an entire wardrobe at this point. Yeah, it's an armoire full. Yeah. Of merch that shows yeah. that nobody knows what they are. And maybe grab the nicest clothes of the collection and try to go get a job. Yeah. <laughs> maybe trade them in somewhere. I don't know. We need money. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what money is? <laughs> we have a child. Yeah. We have a mouth to feed. Yeah. I don't know why she's weirdly Canadian there at the yeah. end. 
Um, but yeah, this is some hot merch. The one of a kind. This is one of one. One of one. Yeah. <laughs> you looked on the tag and with Sharpie, your manager wrote, oh, one of, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, 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 Zero oh, one. of one. I'm like, wait, so there's two? There's two? <laughs> no, you're missing the point entirely. Don't worry. No, you're missing the point. We know you're not getting picked up. <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> This is zero of zero. Just expect nothing oh. in this business, and no. then it'll be at a better mind state for yeah. you. Put that on is. your Etsy page. Yeah. So, how, uh, so you shot the pilot already, and uh, pilot shot. How how's it going? It's great. We shot the pilot in August, and uh, they decided to buy seven more episodes for an eight episode total season. Heck yeah! And uh, tomorrow we start. Uh, we start getting into the writing of it, which mm. I have no experience. Um, it's kind of it's funny to like be doing something that you don't know you've never done. I mean, that's all experiences yeah. of all things. But it is funny when you're 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 you know one day hoping that you get the chance to to even shoot a pilot or get to make a show or do anything, and then when you finally get it, it only occurs to you then that you're like, oh, I don't know that I. I'm qualified for this. <laughs> yeah, I've got no yeah. prior track I record have, for this. So. My resume doesn't mention anything of being able to do this. So, uh, but then there you are with all these titles. I was like, well, it's your show. And like, oh, all right. <laughs> uh, what is an EP? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like finding out all these things. Like, like, all right, now that I know what it stands for, what do they do? Yeah, just, you know, yeah. just for reference. You I know? think fake it till you make it is actually, it's not even like prior to having opportunities. I think it's after you get opportunities, yeah. fake like you know oh, what yeah. those opportunities are. Oh, I mean, this guy's is, is yeah. going to be great. I don't yeah. know. Of course I can write a film. Yeah, what are you talking about? I just um, I'll Google how to write a film. How much is final draft? It's <laughs> <laughs> right after What a hundred dollars? Hundred dollars? I can't what are, you, what are you crazy? What are you talking about? That is funny. Like buying final draft and looking at the price and you're like, is this the right mm. career for me? It's like a hundred bucks. It's hinging on that. Uh. Like I wonder how many people that's deterred from starting to write a screenplay, like from chasing their dream. You know, maybe like maybe next month. You yeah, know? <laughs> they didn't decide to not chase their dream because of it. Like, yeah, hundred dollars seems a little steep. Maybe I'm not a writer. Maybe, maybe I'm more of a uh, performer type. Maybe I'm a best boy. Maybe I'm a best boy. That's what it is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's like it's like a middle school talent show, and like all these kids are shining and stuff like that. Uh, 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 a kid just performed a song and another kid just performed a song and then um, uh, next skill gets up there and they're like what's your talent he's like well uh, uh, I'm a grip (laughs) (laughs) big pardon okay okay do you wanna yeah everyone's trying to be overly supportive too okay yeah he's a he's a a grip hey well show us kinda what you do well what do you need (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a talent. Yeah. I mean, if you're, you know, willing to give yourself yeah. like that. Yeah. So that's a part of the bit. Okay. So yeah. um, we're going to give you a participation ribbon. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. good. It's good. I feel like that is a thing. You literally all departments of production, but in a talent show. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, I guess they all do kind of feed into each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, could we, uh, could we get something, uh, could we get somebody to, um, uh, <laughs> 
My skill is uh, continuity. I'm going to make sure that... <laughs> I'm an editor. I'm an editor. Oh, well, that, well what do you need? Uh, well, has anyone shot anything that I can start to look at? It's like talents. Like, it's a fucking long talent show, too. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's years. Like, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. years. Yeah. It's like... Man, can we? Uh, I think uh, we got to go back to work now. This is a. Uh... We got to get back to work. Well, I do crafty. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, we are kind of hungry. That's wow, everybody like crafty's the best. Crafty. Yeah, everybody loves just getting that food. And get, get do you ever? Are you ever on set broke. and uh, it's easy to uh, it's easy to gain weight whenever you're uh, you're. It is easy because you get into all that sugar. Yeah. Well, it's just so available. It's just kind of around you. Someone's like. Oh, you want a snack? How about a cookie? And you're like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you eat half the cookie. Yeah. And then a minute later, you come back and go, where's that other half of that cookie? Yeah, and they're like, sorry, it's gone. But there's a full <laughs> brand new pie here. <laughs> you're like, oh. Oh, well, I guess. Half a piece. I mean, half. Where's yeah. that other half of that other piece? <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. I put on 10 pounds today. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to do that for sure. Do you think that going into this new series, though, because your style is is pretty loose on stage and you're you've been and you know improvising for so long that it's kind of mm-hmm. like that throw whatever you will at me i can make something good out of it like do you think that helps like going into this I, this i think so yeah i think it it i think it helps in uh in having confidence while shooting um i will say this is like the first time of like shooting something where i was a part of where it came from and how it was created. So my acting confidence is in a different place because I'm like, oh, well, I know how this scene should go. Yeah. Whereas other stuff I've been in, it's like you kind of read it and then you're like, well, I hope I interpreted this right. If it's not obvious. Yeah, it's like, it's not my work. So yeah. this is just my take on it, I guess. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, I hope, I hope this, and then you get to set and someone's like, no, 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 you're mad. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, I know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was my second, uh, yeah, second duh. choice. Uh, uh, so yeah. yeah, I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, you idiot. Yeah. Let's start rolling. You think I don't fucking know? I'm yeah. mad. I'm freaking, yeah. Um, but yeah, when you're doing your own thing, it's kind of like you step in and uh, it's, it's kind of fun to get to communicate to everyone in the scene kind of, you know, which, I mean, the director does as well, but it's like kind of fun to be in there going like, whoa, I also know what I'm hoping this ends up looking like or how this joke goes and then kind of uh, steer it a little bit. I've only done it with the pilot and I, it, it was, that was the first time I like kind of tasted that. And I was like, oh man, I kind of want some more of that and like see um, how good, you know, we could make it. Yeah. Um, so it is, I, I think having all those improv skills though is, I think that's critical. I don't know if it's critical, but I think it's a huge ad- benefit or an advantage because when that's, you're shooting yeah. anything and you, I, I think even just coming from the place of stand up, where we're like wired to try to find the joke quickly, like we're cutting wires to defuse a bomb. Yeah. It, I think it helps because then you're, you know, especially when you're shooting something, it's like, yeah, we can cut and try it again and then be like, oh, I just thought of this. Do you want to try that? Like, I'm the person who's like, hey, I don't care who thought of it. A stranger could be walking by and be like, what if he said this? And I go, oh, I'll try that. Oh, okay, yeah, let's try yeah. that. Because if that's funny, I have no <laughs> ego about where it comes from. Like, I just want it to be funny. That's how I feel. Yeah. How, what The funniest joke mm-hmm. always survives. It's like, oh, oh, that? That's great. Yeah, let's ex- let's yeah, go with that. Exactly. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, 
And so I think, I don't know, having that improv background at least gives me the confidence in these uh, scenarios and definitely helps, um, you know, I think it also helps in the writer's room when you're trying to like put something together to quickly kind of be able to like uh, throw out other options and other ideas that's and ca- keep your brain moving. You that's know? part of my writing process. Anytime I, I am working with somebody else, yeah, it's like we're going back and forth riffing. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, and then, you know yes ending that or be like, oh this and then we can do that yeah. and then you know i think my my weakness is being able to say no sometimes like someone will throw out an idea and i'll and i'll just immediately be like yeah how do we make that work and someone will be like well that's not great storytelling and i'll be like i i just i'm looking for the joke only i'm just looking at why it would be <laughs> funny so it's been at least working on this show it's great that i'm paired up with uh, anthony king who is like great at going that's a horrible story idea and i'm like oh okay okay so and then when he comes across a good one i'm like okay so that one all right let me think of jokes for that one you tell me what's good and then (laughs) i'm off to the races okay you tell me what we're trying to make yeah and i'll get and then i'll just start and he's looking at me like what is your show don't you have an idea and i'm like i don't (laughs) i'm not supposed to be here you're here for mister I'm not supposed to be here, so no. whatever you think. I'm playing the role of a confident man right now. <laughs> yeah. It's also been cool to know, like, uh, like someone uh, saying, like, hey, here's your show to also, like, have a lot of confidence and faith in the people who are all just good at what they're good at. And go, hey, everyone just, uh, you know, you're good at your thing, so just everyone kind of, you know, be, be on time and, and kind of care about your thing being like good and covered and i that's you know i could walk into a room and just go well it's i want to be in charge because i because my name's up there and this is my character and but then you're like oh but i don't know Rory, how why to are do you that. smoking yeah, an open cigar yeah, right and now just scotch you're already having a scotch <laughs> it's 7 a.m rory yeah. why are you who are you it's scotch there it's it's hot it's pi- it's steaming hot scotch yeah. i'm gonna leave here and go sleep with people <laughs> Okay. Not sexually. Just, just a good nap. Just a, <laughs> I am exhausted. I'm so tired from these cigars I, and scotch. Can I just cuddle with a stranger? Is that so bad to feel the warmth of another body? Is, am I wrong? Completely platonically. I'm a human. I have feelings and emotions. I need a connection. I have nerve endings. Let me... Have those nerve endings touch other people. Whenever I'm not cuddling with somebody, it feels like I'm in a sensory deprivation tank. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like whenever I'm just walking around, not connecting yeah. with other humans. Oh, my life? My life is just a sensory deprivation tank. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, that's really mm, it's very sad. peaceful. It's very peaceful. Um, you yeah. know that scene in Stranger Things when Eleven is in a void of black? That is my life at <laughs> yeah. all times. And Until boy, somebody embraces it's me. It's a hot tub. <laughs> it's a hot tub. Hot tub of solitude. Oh. Boiling scotch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a hot tub full of scotch. Just, Just inhaling up. the alcoholic fumes. <sighs> I get uh, wasted in about three seconds in here. Peatiness. Mm-hmm. Such a good peatiness in this particular hot tub. <laughs> where, where did you uh, Where did you start training improv? Uh, in Washington, D.C. Washington, Washington Improv Theater. Oh, yeah. nice. What about you? Uh, I did the Second City uh, out here in Los Angeles, and I did uh, I did like a couple Growlings classes. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I did like everything at Second City. Yeah. Like I did every performance, all like all the improv, like right. uh, the uh, conservatory, their music improv program. You're not in a group like, now, are you? 
No, I was for years. Yeah, yeah. I was in a group that I actually really loved that um, was made up of, uh, we were a handful of guys that we did stand up and improv. Oh, so that's like, great. We just knew each other's sensibilities so well. Yeah. Uh, but one of the guys moved and uh, we're all still friends, but like, yeah, we don't perform as a group anymore. Yeah. Is everyone still doing stand up? Uh, yeah. Everybody's still doing stand up. Yeah. Stand up. I, I kind of hit a wall where it was like, uh, be the guy on the improv team who never shows up because of stand up, or just be like, I don't want anyone to hate me, so let me just get out of the way. Yeah, type vibe, which I I didn't. That that happened to me when I moved to New York, because I was still like, I mean, I love improv so much. I mean, when you're up there with a group of like four or five, or however many people, I mean, there's no greater high than that show working. I've told people like, you go on stage as a stand up and crush for however long. And, or, or if you're in an improv group and you guys crush a show, you know, that it's, to me, it's kind of a little bit bigger of a high because afterwards you can keep riding the high. You can, you can celebrate with those people. Yeah. It's a you group celebrating. Yeah. As an individual. It's amplified a little bit. Yeah. As an individual, it's a little narcissistic because even after like a good show, you do kind of want to, um, celebrate certain moments and you yeah. do kind of want to like, uh, rehash some things, but you truly sound like you are so egotistical and fool yourself. Even though I really think it's just like watching game tape on like an, as an athlete, like yeah. you're just, it's all to improve and it's all to go, Oh, that like, you know, you kind of want to bring it up because you want to be like, this was that good. I'll do it with my wife. And she like totally gets it and understands that it's not coming from a place of right. narcissism. But when you're in an improv group, it's so much more comfortable to get to that place because everyone's like, yes, we succeeded. Yeah. Yes, we I loved it when it. we did this. Yeah, exactly. Or like that yeah. one moment when you set me up for that. And yeah. yeah. And then you're at the bar and you're like drinking and you're kind of still riding the high of we just fucking rocked a show. And it's like... <laughs> Meanwhile, as a stand-up here at the bar afterwards, like, man, I can't believe I killed it yeah, that I hard. crushed it. And I was like, let it go. Hey, man. That, All right. That show was three years ago. You've been in this <laughs> bar ever since. That no. was the only show you ever did well. <laughs> I know, that's all it takes. I know, but do you remember? Hollywood was there that night. Here's the footage. That's a <laughs> flip camera. Oh my God. That's awful. <laughs> so grainy. You really should put that on a computer. It's completely blown out. You the can't USB's even... broken, I can't. It doesn't reach. Flip. Remember the flip camera? They were huge. I had two different versions of the flip camera. The very yeah, first one, and then I got the like, tiny one where I was like, ooh, it's sleek and easy to use, and... I loved it and that it's so it's so funny how like the phone just became all just of the thing everything everything people yeah like whenever people start I I was the guy who kept using the flip past at its point and people yeah. are like why don't you just use your phone I'm like ah man it's just, <laughs> I was yeah. like too proud I was no, like sell out bro. Ah, man come on man I'm loyal to the flip company man I don't know what you're talking about dude <laughs> like, Jeremiah like it's way like easier yeah. just like to have it on your phone yeah. like nah man meanwhile every time I shot with the flip camera I'm so white. I would be so blown out and <laughs> overexposed. So like I'm reviewing like my game tape footage and yeah. I'm like I can't even use this as like tape. To submit to a like, festival. Yeah, yeah. You look, you're like, I don't even know that I'm on stage. It's yeah. just like an angel. Yeah. It's pure light. <laughs> like we have, like it's exposing, like we had well, my, uh, we had a black friend who was in the improv group that he looks gorgeous and, <laughs> and like perfect. The lighting is great on him. And meanwhile, it's just like, uh, yeah. just like all blown out yeah. and like disgusting. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> 
He's like, well, I think we used the tape. He, like, he's like, I this is a great. He, he's like, this is a great. I was tape. super on. It was very funny. I'm like, dude, you can't even see me. Right, I look well, like an orb of light yeah. right now. All right. So, anyways, our group got into the festival, but they just want you to come. They don't really believe we were up there. They want to do oh. uh, a one man improv showcase. <laughs> look, he's doing all those voices <laughs> while talking. Hey, oh. can you come? I have a request. Can you come, but not stay on stage during the improv scene? You're just gonna direct. Yeah. You're just gonna set me up yeah. from off. Can you guys be in the scenes from the wings? Oh, yeah. yeah they didn't like the tape of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember thinking like I'd come off stage and be like, "Ooh, that was the set." Look at the flip footage and be like, "I can't use this for anything." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a lot of that footage. The, well, one thing that's hard about whenever like you're submitting tape for improv <laughs> to to different places or festivals yeah. or whatever is sometimes it kills so hard in the room, but then you all watch right. back the tape and you're like. Oh, this just doesn't translate literally at all. Yeah, and that's sometimes what you you'll find with certain stand up and riffing or whatever. You're like, it just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't capture the energy that was do in you, the room. Do you record now, like on your phone or anything, like uh, at least audio? Or? I always record audio. Yeah, okay, so that's what always, I do. Always, yeah, yeah. I'll go back and uh, I'll record audio, and then I'll I'll come off stage and be like, man, I really I had so much like fun, and like maybe on the ride home I'll like play it back and. It's so funny. I'll be like, God, I just really thought I had more laughs than that. Yeah. It's truly like, it's it, there's something more so than the laughs. It's truly like the energy yep. of a room. I've come to appreciate uh, just laying into the energy and, and literally just, I mean, people could not be laughing at all. And I would just be like, I don't know. Do I feel good? And if I feel good, I'm like, well, that's it, a win. It, I, I don't feel shitty. And if I was like tanking, I would definitely feel shitty. Like I'm not crazy. Yeah. So sometimes I'd be like, oh, they don't really seem to be laughing, but for some reason I'm having some fun. Are, yeah. <laughs> some are, I'm having a blast bombing right now. Yeah. I've I mean, I've had some really rough sets where I'm like, I have had way more fun technically not doing well. <laughs> right. Yeah. But compare and then other yeah. times I'm mis <laughs> miserable, like, oh, that's the material you yeah. like. You can almost get vibe. mad at yeah, the, you're at the mad, you're like Oh, you like that stuff? Okay. <laughs> well, let me throw this one at you. Oh, you love that? Great. Yeah, you fucking simpletons. You idiots. We, we like huh? you. We like you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're lying to me. Yeah. <laughs> God, we have like deep-seated issues. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Next time we perform, we're like we have like leather masks on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like me if you don't know me? Yeah. Like, no, that's not really a. Do part you of like it. my brain? <laughs> yeah. If these are just words, then here, dude, we can't see literally any of your facial expressions. Yeah, this is just, a live show. He just started doing his whole set from the God mic. He doesn't go out anymore. He literally doesn't go out on stage. You're doing your own intros at the beginning of the show. Man, Rory Scovel's in the back, ladies and gentlemen. Make some noise and give it up now for Rory Scovel. Yeah. Lights on the stage. The invisible empty. comic, Rory Scovel. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Sorry about my shirt. <laughs> Sorry my shirt's so wacky. Yeah. We can't see anything right now. We see a brick wall. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the illusion. Oh, that would be fun. Have like a crazy giant human-sized marionette that like walks Dude. up to the like microphone. It's like, oh, that would be so great. 
People were like, this is creeping me out. But I love the material. It was so good. Now, I've my dreams have been haunted for weeks, but, you know, the material really it holds true. Yeah, I'm scared that one day I'll cross paths with the wooden man. He's <laughs> walking up. <laughs> I'm the wooden man. Run, kids! Run! He only dies by fire, children. Get fire! Find fire! Everyone. Find fire immediately! <laughs> Dude, you've done some, uh, uh, speaking of wild sets. <laughs> Sorry, blew it again with that segue. Man, I really enjoyed it. Sorry, keep it so Sorry, seamless. Sorry, guys, uh, this seamless interview is unbelievable. Uh, you've done some of my favorite Conan sets. Oh, thanks. Yeah, man. Thank you. Like, at, to the point where whenever I watched them, like, as a performer, I was like, I was like, oh, They'll let you do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Conan will. Right. No, <laughs> a exactly. A lot of like, the other. What do you want to like, do? Huh? But it's been pretty cool to see some of the sets that you have done on there that I like as a comedian, I'm, I'm like, that's cool. They let him do that. Yeah. 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 I think it's a testament to JP and, and Conan and like uh, Jeff and everybody, everyone over there being yeah. like, yeah, we're willing to take risks. And yeah, we, you know, if it pays off, you know, we'll let you take more risks. Yeah. Um, they let you, I think maybe in sh- the, was it Chicago when they let you go into the audience? Uh, New York. New York. Yeah, at the Apollo. The, yeah, the Apollo. Um, yeah, I, I went and watched uh, the night before. I think uh, Louis C.K. was on, but he was like a couch guest. Mm-hmm. And so I went and watched because uh, they were doing a whole week there. And I was like, oh, I just kind of want to see what the vibe is like. And I noticed that they were like kind of wheeling out the couch and the desk and everything and like moving because that stage is not very big. And uh, when they they were doing his interview, I was just like, I was like, oh, do I have to, you know, like when you're on the show, they're kind of like, stay on this tape. That's where the cameras are. And I was like, oh, do I have to like stand in a certain spot? Can I use the whole stage? And JP was like, he, I don't know that he thought that this would cement in my mind as much as it did but he was like you don't even have to use the stage at all and i like literally was like oh and i thought about it all night yeah texted him the next morning and i was like i was like if you're serious about not using the stage i think i have an idea and he was like yeah he goes well when we go to block you know come in and with your idea and let's see and so i came in and i was like i want to get to this point jokes here i want to get over there slowly come down here and like as opposed to anyone going well this is more work we don't want to do it instead they were like well, let's hear it out because maybe this makes the product better. Yeah. And or and different and unique. And uh when I said I was like, yeah, and then I want to go across the the row, they were like, Yeah, and those rows, no joke, are so tiny. There's no way anyone sits there and what has a comfortable show. I could tell, like, I was like, Oh, th- this is not like a comedian hamming it up, like slight <laughs> yeah, slinking right. between people. I was like, yeah. these rows are right. It's yeah. like a baseball stadium. With no one passing in front of you, your knee is smashed into the seat in front of you. Yeah. If you're like normal average height. Yeah. Um, and so they were like, well, the you know, spirit, maybe we can the spirit airlines yeah. of theaters just like, and they were like thinking, they're like, well, how do we get through? And I was like, I think it's funnier if it's kind of like, if I really just have to work my way over, I was like, I have the jokes. I was like, it's a matter of me just saying the jokes pushing in the through. moment. And I was like, but also, and I think I had done enough stuff with them that they, I was also like, but also if it's hard to get through, you know, who knows where that leads? Like maybe that kind of adds something or something to talk about. And I think I'd proven myself enough to where they were like, Oh yes. And we know like kind of how you respond to those moments, how yeah. you kind of, hope that happens as opposed to doing the jokes um 
and it just kind of ended up working out. That was, uh, I think that was like two or three days before the election. That aired the night the Cubs won the World Series because I was on a flight back watching the World Series and then flipping over to watch it. This is the funniest thing. Finish my set at the Apollo, go change my clothes, go straight to the airport to get on a plane back to L.A. And while on that flight, watch the set that I did. Uh, oh, that's so in, weird. It was bizarre. It was so bizarre to do. But I was like. I like turned it on. I kind of want to do the thing where I was like, hey, man, hey, is this weird for anybody? <laughs> you just started going, yeah. Bing, bing, yeah. Bing. this is a show happening right now. Hi. I'm watching it on the plane. Yeah. Hi, flight attendant. Could yeah. I get some yeah. towels? My screen's a little bit dirty. Notice anything? Oh, wow. <laughs> but literally every person is just watching the Cubs game. <laughs> no yeah. one cares. All the other screens <laughs> no are on the cares. Cubs game. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then two days later, the world changed. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's yeah. that's how that story goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was cool. I mean, and and like I said, that's a testament to them being like they could have easily been like, uh, how about you just come land here and say the jokes here, and we've yeah. got all the angles. We don't covered. want to relight or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Instead, they were like, okay, so we'll get the camera to here, and then we'll get the camera here. We'll get your coverage here, and like they took you know an extra half hour that they. Could have just not done. Yeah. And then uh, when I came off stage, uh, Jeff Ross was like standing there, um, not the comedian, Jeff Ross, the Conan producer, was like, he was there and he was like, great idea, you know? And I didn't say at the time, because at the time I didn't necessarily know him that well, but I also wanted to be like, you know, that's you saying, yes, you can do this idea is also contributing to yeah. the idea even being an idea. You yeah, know, it's it huge. Needs someone to say yes to it. And instead of blocking it, you said, yeah, let's try it. Let's yeah. see what happens. Because I could have bombed. And bombed wild. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's I could very have bombed possible. And they would have easily been like, all right, let's try it again, but just come out and stand here and say the jokes. And I would have had to have done that. <sighs> that would have been pretty brutal. But yeah, and, and luckily walking right out, it's uh, that the Apollo Theater has got to be a great place to shoot a special. I know Amy's done a special there, Schumer, but I don't, I, 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 other people certainly have. Mm. Um, but when you walk out, you're like, oh, this is a historic big theater can you feel the history there you One can of those you really places? can yeah. you really can feel the history and like the the crowd while being a theater is still like kind of on top of you where it just kind of feels like a comedy club where the audience is just stacked high in front of you as opposed to this cavernous space that you're trying to fill it doesn't feel like that which is cool i i don't play a lot of big theaters but when i was in that one i was like oh this one sets you up to succeed what's your favorite Kind of venue you'd say to perform in, like what, like what's um, the the specs? I it's not so specific, but I love it when there's like a jazz vibe mm. going on. I think jazz and stand up specifically are related in terms of art. I think that they, I I think that there's a marriage there between those two worlds, even in the world of being like, uh in the style of like, all right, so we're now going to start a jazz song. And, you know, as the musicians, we'll kind of see where we end up and what happens. And to me, that's kind of, I feel uh, cool about stand up is like, yeah, I got this joke, but you know, I kind of know where we're going, but I can fill the spaces with whatever. And let's see where we, we end up. I kind of like keeping that mentality. So I think those two art forms work the best in the same setting where mm. it's like kind of a basement, feels like a space you're not supposed to be in like it's a secret almost like a speakeasy like kind a, of place a 100% like a speakeasy vibe uh the stage is uh is big enough 
uh, where you can get everybody up there in, in a comic needing the same amount of space as probably a jazz band, uh, a four piece or three piece, whatever. Um, yeah. And, and like, if it's a little smoky and the lights are kind of dim, I've just the sterile, colorful, bright, <laughs> Hey, make sure everyone's looking up here. I'm so the one thing I love about the comedy on state club in Madison is that there's no frills in the room. That's the triangle all. room. It's right? the triangle room. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, Hey, there's the stage. There's nothing that says, hey, look up here. Like, we turn the lights on, look at the person that's up there. Yeah. As opposed to, hey, yeah, we have that huge, crazy, colorful backdrop to remind you this is where you should be looking. Right. Like, I, I the architecture is literally, audience. yeah. Yeah. And I think that room is just like, hey, you know, we've built it so the focal point is clearly up here, but we also like the idea that the artist gets up there and and reminds you, hey, watch me. I'm, I'm worth your, your attention. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I I love that about anytime I walk into a jazz club, like that's my first uh thought is just always like and almost always the thought is like, oh, this is a, this would be great for a show. Like a show a stand up show could be here. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite. What about you? Do you have like I, preferred space? I always like to have the stage elevated just a little bit. Yeah, sure. Just a little bit. Yeah. Not like whenever it's giant. Like the belly it feels room too. Yeah. Yeah, like that vibe. Yeah. I mean, that's why I prefer the belly room over a lot of rooms in LA. Well, it do specifically it, for that it's reason. It's super intimate yeah. and, and like it just feels like yeah. yeah. And everyone's just kind of right there. I, I like everyone being slammed together. I mean, this is also coming from someone who hasn't played a ton of like huge theaters, which I I like playing where people are close where if I have the option, if I want to riff or talk to people, yeah. I can see them. Yeah. I still there will be some rooms like where it throws me a little bit if the lighting is really harsh where I can't see the end of the stage. Like it's too blinding. Yeah. It's too blinding. Then I'm like, I'm not feeling as loose with my movement because I'm like, am I going to eat nervous. it? Am I going to fall yeah, off the yeah, stage yeah. right now? <laughs> yeah. And I don't like whenever I can't see people like enti- like entirely. Yeah. Like even, like I played certain rooms where you literally cannot see the audience at all. I know what you mean, and it's, yeah. And I try to not let it throw me, but it definitely does sometimes. I like seeing those first three rows at least. At least just to be like, okay, yeah, we're you have d- to we're gauge their like faces to be like, oh, yeah, are, good we, are, are they here, having a good, good time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I know what you mean. I I hate it when you're kind of just talking into like this vacuum or this like black hole, and you're like, I hope the response. Well, it feels like I'm not like back. connecting with anybody. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, I could be doing this anywhere <laughs> rather than like I, I like to. Yeah, I mean, very. I'm sure very much like you too. Like you kind of tailor the shows depending on what the audience is responding to and stuff. Right. So if you can't feel that, you're like, Ugh. yeah. I was cut my it, legs out a little bit. Yeah, I always look at it like a uh, a quarterback, and he's they're like not allowed to see the defense. Yeah. So it's like, oh, call an audible. You're like, should I? I don't know. Like, yeah. maybe this joke will work, and you just kind of throw it out there, and you're you're like, oh, I think. That upper section seems to be enjoying it, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I know what you mean. I don't like it to be too bright, but and I think that's what I like about uh, the smaller, like kind of jazz club vibe rooms is that even if you can see someone in the front row or wherever that's near you and you, you want to riff with them, mm-hmm. whatever that conversation is, the person in the very back is like, no, I still feel like I'm a part of that conversation because yeah. I'm not so detached. And it's like, we're still in a space that says like, you know, oh, here we are. Like uh, in, in terms of uh, the the joy and like what I think is the art of it, that's that's the space that I like. It, it, it makes sense that 
you'd want to get to a point where you're so successful that you can play. Um, you know, I, I've never stepped on stage to do a set at Madison Square Garden. I can't even begin to imagine what that must feel like. Um, one, to know how to succeed doing it, but two, to sort of imagine that you are absolutely crushing. I can't imagine what that that tidal wave of laughter must feel like when it's working. But there's still a part of me that's like, I think, I, I think even that you would be like, hey, f- my bank account loves that I'm on this stage, yeah. and all these people love it. The high is really good, but I still think, even in those moments, you're like, I kind of want to be at a 300 seater after this, going, hey, let's all bear hug, like getting yeah. close, you know? Yeah, I think that vibe is, and and that comes from someone who doesn't have the experience of these these bigger places, so I can't really say, but. I I do love it when it's low ceiling. There's something compact. special about that. I like, think that's why it was born out of club that. or smaller, smaller theater vibe or whatever. Yeah. Or like you're saying, like you, you know, you've done a lot of comedy in New York too. Like those clubs, you're right on top of sure. the, the people, and you feel like you're really like, oh, we're all doing this together, right. kind of thing. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. How long have you known uh, John Dore? Um, since 2006, I went up to do uh, the Calgary or the uh, yeah in Calgary. The Western Yuck Yucks tour. So Yuck okay. Yucks is a chain of com- uh, mm-hmm. comedy clubs. You know about in uh, Canada, in right? Canada, yeah, yeah, all across Canada. And they had like sort of a. It's kind of broken up into the Western and, and Eastern um, side. And so I went and did the the Western tour, and uh, it's it's amazing. I don't know if you know anything about that. Tour. It's not really there anymore. It's not the same thing. But in two thousand six and two thousand seven, I did it in the fall, both years. And you go up there, and you middle doing 30 minutes, uh, and the pay is decent, but on, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you and all the other comics that are on the tour away from home live at the Blackfoot Inn hotel. And on Monday night, there's a local show in Calgary called comedy Monday night. Uh, and you go, you can go do that show. Uh, and then Tuesday there's like a show at the club, which is in the hotel. And then Wednesday, there's a show at the club, which is in the hotel. And then Thursday morning, you wake up, you go rent a car at the hotel that has like an enterprise rental car. You rent a car and like, let's just say you and I get paired up. And they're like, Rory, Rory, it's you and Jeremiah. And you're going up to Grand Prairie, like a nine hour ride. You and I are hopping in a rental car that morning, leaving, doing a show Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And Sunday morning, we're driving back. And then we're just living at the Blackfoot Inn again until the next Thursday where you're then off with someone else and I'm off with someone else and I'm going to another location. That sounds like comedy camp. It's, it's like comedy camp. And it, uh, I did that in 2006. That was, uh, that would have put me, um, two and a half years into stand up, And it was like the greatest thing ever because up there headliners, MC shows mm-hmm. and features are like the brand new person. Whereas like, you know, down here, you're not getting to do that. So I was getting to sort of immediately have to figure out how to do 30 minutes yeah. up there in a, in a place that, you know, because of the Iraq war, they weren't, it's not like they were aggressive towards Americans, but it was a very like, oh, do you love Bush? Like they hated Bush. Sure. And you kind of went up there and just like, it was, it was a weird environment, but I did that in 2006 and John Doerr happened to be one of the comics that was also on that tour. So he like showed up two weeks into the tour or something like that. And we just, 
immediately hit it off. We'd go to comedy Monday night and we'd have a bit or a sketch or something. To, you, same stuff you've done. Like you yeah. link up with someone and you go, hey, we will have 10 minutes tonight, but if we do something together, we can do some crazy 20 minute thing. Yeah. And we would do that. We would, we would pre-record stuff on his Mac and go to the club in the hotel and be like, hey, we want to run something off the God mic where God interrupts me and John doing stand up and like we've timed it out. And, and I think they were kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, this kind of does something different. You know, we were lucky to have a manager at the club that's into it. Very much like the, the Conan thing. Right. They were like, oh, yeah, we're, whatever's different, great, do it. And so I think when I went to do that, I got on stage for every single night doing a considerable amount of time for two months straight. And it kind of pushed me into feeling like a Jedi. Like, I, it got me away from needing to really look at the set list and not having the confidence that things wouldn't work. It really pushed me to like get on stage going, I don't, just give me the microphone. I'm going to fucking, we're going to do whatever the fuck. And I don't care. I've seen every version of this joke working and failing. So whatever happens, I've already seen what I need to do to, to fix it or relish it, you know? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) There's no, there's no fear left. It's, it's exactly. Yeah, because you, especially when you're up in Canada, I've seen all like of the tanking. yeah, all of the destinations on this map. Okay, <laughs> yes, yeah, I've seen the dead ends and everything, but I've yeah. also seen where it was kind of fortunate for me because I came off that tour. Uh, I came off that. I started in Seattle. I went to Seattle first with Andy Haynes, hung out there, met some comics, then went on that Canadian tour, and then they reached out to me and they were like, "Hey, the Seattle comedy competition is at the end of your Canadian tour." you should see if you can get on it. So I messaged the people who ran it and they were like, yeah. So I extended, uh, it really was like almost getting on stage for three months. So I extended my run of like, oh, I was in Canada doing this tour. Then I went to Seattle, did that competition. And the night that I got back from that was the live at Gotham auditions at the DC Improv. And I went on stage and the microphone stand broke and I could not have been happier. I was like, here we go. And for six minutes... Just fucking made shit up, did some of my bits, did like the crowd work. Uh, you know, when you kind of like discover some crowd work you like, so you figure out how to mask it as like it's all happening in the moment. Sure, yeah. I, I felt like I had really come to a point where I was like, oh, I have this one crowd work thing that I sell every time. Is like, I just thought of it. And I just threw all of it into that six-minute set and got live at Gotham. And that like kind of jump-started a lot of stuff for me. But it yeah. really came from going off to this... Canadian comedy camp. That's so cool. You never know. Like, a way longer answer than you thought was coming. No, I mean, you know, <laughs> I have a white beard and I'm, yeah. I'm just a skeleton. <laughs> I haven't aged a day. Yeah. Overjoyed and glowing. You're looking younger than ever. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, just to remind you, I yeah. killed at that live at Gotham and set. And you kind of needed to know what was going on at the time. Yeah. Comics weren't doing that. <laughs> Killing wasn't <laughs> in. <laughs> Comics weren't going on stage then. Comics weren't using <laughs> microphones, okay? That's going to be my new edge. bio. I was like, I'm kind of the first to ever do stand-up. People were like, whoa, what? what? <laughs> Dude, you're fucking 38. He's born way later than... <laughs> Legends had come and gone before you yeah, were born. I don't know what you're talking about? Not to toot my own horn, but I am the first stand-up comedian. To toot my own horn, but I'm the only one that really knows what I'm doing. Yeah, it's a hard cross to bear <laughs> as a performer. So, so you stayed friends with John long after that, and then that led to your which another one, and I'll move off of these late night sets. And uh, but 
that your set, the sets that you've done with John Doerr mm-hmm. on Conan, in my opinion, are kind of groundbreaking late night sets because I Thanks. do not know of anything that I've seen like that. Whenever I saw it, I was again, I was like, "How did this even happen?" I'm I I wonder the same thing. Yeah, that, uh, the very first one where we were double booked. Um, I really wish I could take some creative uh, credit, but that's like full on John. John was like, hey, I've talked to JP at Conan. They're cool with us doing this bit. I'm going to tell you what it is. Do you want to do it? And of course, I'm like, you know, I haven't been on Conan. I'm like, yeah, I'll do whatever, whatever, whatever yeah, you need. I'm down. Yeah. If I'm like walking out during your set to hand you a guitar, I'll do that. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. So he told me the bit and we sort of uh, rehearsed it a little bit. And, uh, the, or, or the story might've been that he, either way, however, the, however it progressed, he told me what it was, we had done it. And then I think he might've been like, Hey, that thing that we did at this thing, do you want to do that on Conan? I think I was like, Oh my God. Yes. I think that's actually how it happened. Uh, regardless, same information. He gets full credit for the creativity of it, but that was, uh, that was awesome. And then the second time, uh, I, I loved, I really loved it because, uh, that one came out of us hanging out at his apartment. And we it literally the same thing. We were going on at uh, Tiger Lily at the Hollywood Grill and uh, or Sunset Grill. What was it called? Hollywood Grill? I don't remember. Um, and we were like, hey, I'm going up tonight doing 10 minutes. And he was like, I'm doing 10 minutes. And we were like, should we do a longer thing? And we did the we came up with the switching places type thing. And my friends actually switched with us at the end to go oh, on. Man. And then it became a uh, campaign ad at the very end that we all go back on stage and we're like, make sure you vote this Tuesday for, I think it was Meg something. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we sat on that for a while. And then John was like, Hey, I told Conan about the switching places that we should do it. And we were like, Oh yeah, dude, that moment when Conan goes, you think my job is so easy? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. whenever you guys start to switch and the audience realizes that it's actually yeah. happening, yeah. is like a classic TV moment. You, it's know like, you know what's kind of interesting about that is that we were booked to do it. We rehearsed it. We didn't have an ending. We didn't have Conan and Andy. Uh, we had them switching, but then we wanted uh, we wanted something to happen at the end. And everyone was like, we think it's just funnier if you like, if this plant, this bush or something is your guest that comes out or something like that. And I was just like, God, I just, I don't know that that really hits or is that funny. And so we were in the green room kind of running it and like watching the show on the monitor and both, I could tell we were both kind of feeling like, like this might get cut or, you know, maybe, maybe we're about to strike out with this one thing yeah and i kind of felt it and then mel brooks uh went so long in his interview that jp came back and he was like uh we're gonna cut your guys's thing tonight and have you guys come back in two weeks Mm -hmm. and he was so like it was so bizarre because he watched us celebrate that information as opposed to being like ah shit we were both like oh great we have two weeks to fix this to figure out what the proper ending should be and then the craziest thing about it was and it isn't that this is good news, uh, but it's just kind of how things panned out. The night that we were booked, the previous day was the like Newtown mass, like shooting massacre at the like kids' school, mm-hmm. and uh, so Conan, the monologue started with him being like, "I didn't want to look at the news today. I didn't want any of my writers to look at the news." He was like, 
I just want to like make jokes and be fun and funny and remind you like that's what we're doing. And uh, the whole show was every sketch was so silly, more sillier than they usually do. It was all over the top silly. And in the rehearsal, we came up with having Sarah come out and be the guest. We're like, and then what if she just comes on and sits down and like, yeah, we pay her to do it, but that would be crazy that she comes out as a guest for literally zero questions and then it all ends. And because of the tone and everything, everyone was like, let's do that. Call her up and see if, like literally in that moment, like call her up and see if she can come. Called her up and that's when Conan had the stunt double there for this one sketch. And Conan goes, what if when it cuts back to me, it cuts the stunt double first and then you pan over to me and I'm looking at the camera like, what the, what's happened to my show? And we were like, that's the ending. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. And it really just happened because uh, everyone was so depressed and like outraged and sad about this. That's sometimes that whenever they, the best comedy arises, whenever people really need it. Yeah. You know? And it just kind of was born out of that. And I was like, you know, this sketch is so dumb and silly and stupid. I was like, this is the episode that it should be on. And, you know, if I could go back and not have a tragedy, I'd pr- obviously prefer that. I was like, but we had a tragedy, and so this is what needed to follow it, as opposed to going after Mel Brooks with this ending where people were like, what the fuck did John and Rory yeah. just do? Instead, they were like, man, that really became a hurricane of like everyone switching places. And it's like, yeah, that was the night everyone was like down to like, let's whatever we got to do, push the gas. Let's all get the way. silly. Yeah, it was cool. But uh, yeah, that one, we, we've thought about figuring out like, well, what is the third installment? Yeah. Like the sort of like finale to the three times John and Rory. The did end of something. the trilogy. Yeah. And we haven't had anything. And the, the thing I like is we haven't sit and sat and been like, well, let's just force it. Let's just figure out something and go on right. and do it. I like that we're like, there will be a time when we go oh, on. It'll organically come <laughs> yeah, to us. And do some kind of thing. And now that Conan's kind of changing the show a little bit, it's like, oh, maybe now the idea will come to us that the format has changed. Sure. So, yeah. It's cool. It's cool having someone like John who is wildly hilarious and so creative. And then just have him go, do you want to kind of piggyback on this joke? Yeah, and be yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. yes, I'll be there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get into this next segment. Okay. Fanning out. Okay. Fanning out. Questions from fans. And it's all questions about Dakota Fanning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I don't know much. Okay, first question. Or it's question. creepy that I know way too yeah. much about her. First question. <laughs> um... In what Dr. Seuss movie was Dakota Fanning? <laughs> I answer all of them so quickly. Cat in the hat. Cat in like, the hat. Dude, Cat in the you hat. are a creep. Wow. You love her. You, you love, love her. her. You yeah. are a big Dakota fan. You're a Dakota fan fanning. You're a, you're fanning out with Dakota fanning. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> now, uh, Dakota Fanning's first on-screen <laughs> appearance... Uh, how, where were you when that took place? <laughs> um, I just... <laughs> I want to say in the theater. Hello. Front of the line. <laughs> All right. There we go. Uh, where does Dakota Fanning mm, currently live? Wisconsin. Okay. Far- um, ranch. Farm ranch. Farm ranch. Farm ranch. Farm ranch. <laughs> You know, farm ranch. You ever tried farm ranch dressing? Oh, oh God. man. There's just a little bit more integrity in you it. You know, there's a little more cream. Yeah. <laughs> little more, that's the slogan. Little more cream. Little, little more, more cream. Living the dream. <laughs> Living the cream. Living the cream. Farm ranch. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dakota Fanning. Hi. I'm your spokesperson. 
I, when I bought my farm ranch in Wisconsin, I had no idea that we were about to make the creamiest ranch dressing you've mm. ever tasted. Mm. You feel like you're at the farm because we put integrity in it. I don't know. Is that an accurate <laughs> voice for her? <laughs> oh, she became a very much older Southern woman yeah. out of nowhere. And I feel like she's running for office there. And yeah. I approve this message. Wait, is Elle, Ella Fanning? Elle Fanning? Elle Fanning? That's her younger sister? Maybe. God, yep. I would love to know that they aren't related in any way. Yeah. And then, like, we just happen to both be a fanning. Yeah. Like, well, that's not okay. Well, so one of us needs to change our names. One of you has to quit the biz. I mean, <sighs> yeah. What if uh, Dakota's real first name is North? <laughs> and her sister's South. And it's a Kanye thing. <laughs> and Kanye's we, their dad. And Kanye's the dad. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. But... I got it. Makes sense to me. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Audacious <laughs> at audaciously Jewy on Twitter. What are some of uh, your favorite moments from the set of those who can't? Um, it's hard to have some favorite moments, but actually, uh, I mean, there it, it's a, it was a fun show to do. In general, you're shooting a TV show with your friends, but there was one time, and it's coming out this uh, season. Season three is finally coming out uh, this year, <laughs> January 14th, I think. Um, and, uh, I, my character, Principal Quinn comes to realize that I kind of fuck something up and I'm like, I'm like saying specifically something like, uh, where I'm like, oh no, she can't. She has to actually have that waiver signed and I would have to sign. And then I realized I did sign it and I go, and I would have to sign. Uh, and Ben Roy is sitting next to me and can't stop laughing every time I go ah and knowing that he's laughing I keep trying to play it up even more but it became one of those things that you know once it's planted even when it actually becomes unfunny you still can't stop thinking the original yeah like you just can't replaying in your head yeah. over and over like luckily it's an appropriate laugh like you know when it happens and someone says something inappropriate and you're like I know that I'm not supposed to laugh at that but, but I, I can't am stop dying laughing yeah. at this yeah and so it was basically that and then Andrew Orvidal's laughing and now I can't even do it because I'm laughing so much yeah, you can't even get through it yeah it took a long time to shoot that eventually Ben was like it just go don't do this in a wide you just be on him only because I'm ruining the take every time and he just left the set to try to like not hear it and then eventually I had to do it like three or four times and then we got it but that that was one of my favorite because you know it's it, it's fun to be on someone's show where that kind of thing happens and yeah. everyone is like into it they're like this is fun you know they're not like yeah guys we're ruining our day they're like yeah but also I think a lot of people will laugh at this if we're fucking losing our minds yeah at this one thing but there's a there's a lot of stuff from that show uh that I loved um, doing, and I think it's because it's a show yeah, ran surrounded by, your by fun people like in that charge you know. of it. You're like, yeah, oh, you're this like, is good. This is a real thing. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let's see here. At Joey Perez, oh, did you ever feel like giving up on comedy as a career? And if so, what kept you going? Probably always sort of go in and out of feeling shitty about comedy. I think we always kind of think. Am I doing enough? Am I doing the right things? Did I get lucky? Is it all is is the power gone to actually go up and know what I'm doing and how to a lot do of, it? A lot of self doubt, tons of self doubt. That is like you have to constantly 
overcome it. And I think actually that's probably most comedians, even famous comedians, I think go through that. But am I not good enough? You're not. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the inner voice. <laughs> Rory, should we go on stage again tonight? Satan? Yes, Satan is Why your are you always with me? Because I control you, Rory. How come instead of trying to get me to commit murders, you just try to get me to quit doing stand-up? Yeah. <laughs> you will make far more people sad by not continuing to do stand-up than just one innocent life. <laughs> <laughs> the motivations of Satan. The ripple effect. Oh, you have God. no idea. I've done the murder thing. I've done the murder. Thing you know, that's cliche and everything. Yeah, murder is all like guilty, and it's all like, oh, yeah, one of the first top sins. Yeah, is spreading the seed of doubt in a stand up comedian. <laughs> that is much richer for I. <laughs> Do you know how many thousands of people will not feel the joy of Rory Scovel if he does not step on stage again? <laughs> it like strangely becomes like a super likable say, and you're like, oh, that's not so bad. Sowing the seeds of doubt. <laughs> like that's better than murder and theft. And <laughs> I feel like it's a, it's the same way with like uh, Satan is encouraging people that don't belong on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen. All right, you have go ahead. a gift. Yeah, to go and make people laugh. No, no, no. Oh. Bring the ukulele with you. Tonight? Yes. Why? It's your friend's wedding. You got to do it in the best man speech. It's a ukulele speech. Okay. All right. And just make a joke about it? No, or? no, no, no. Play it very real. Oh. <laughs> yes. So try. Try your hardest. And people, sing? People love it. Just sing your heart out. And then after, close the best man speech by saying that you're pursuing a career and ukulele touring around uh, the world. Under the bus with Satan. Yes. Hell, he just throw you under the hey, bus. Hey, it's me, Satan. Welcome back to my podcast. <laughs> Me and Roy Scovel here, oh man! Conscience, Roy Scovel. Speaking of Scovel, man, uh, it is hot down here. What is going on, man? Woof! You're joining me in hell today, uh, uh, Scovel. Uh, he's definitely Scovel units are through the roof right now. Scovel ratings out of control on uh, my podcast. Uh, Satan uh, getting oh. getting sappy with Satan now, uh, Rory. Uh, like you had a recent sin, yeah. you had a recent sin that I loved. Let's talk oh, about God. that. Okay, uh, oh, don't don't say that. But uh, go no, ahead. Oh, no. Satan. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like like being on the Nike podcast and saying, "Hey, uh, Reebok, shout out! What are you doing?" I yelled at my dog and didn't feed it for a week. Oh, oh that was a good one. <laughs> That was fun times, man. All right, so what's your recent sins of the year? Recent sins with Satan. Recent sins with Satan. Talk to me about your sins. Hey, talking about your sins. Uh, yeah. What's up with that? I like, I'm into <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I mean, I guess that is like Catholic confession. Yeah, yeah. It's like revert. A priest, like, what do you got? Yeah, but instead, <laughs> he's just like super into it. Yeah, yeah. What else? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that is the case. Priest life are like so like just church. They're like, then what? You uh, then, uh, you stole? What'd you take? You took some gum? 
Like, yeah, he took some gum from I mean, the how the edge. Now, how long was this uh, adulterous situation going on for? Go on. Are you jerking off? No, no. no. <laughs> is that lotion that's <laughs> on the other side? I'm hydrating my skin. Yeah. It is lotion. Okay. But I'm well, using it appropriately. I guess it's that it's cold. You know, my hands are getting I'm chapped. I'm coming. Okay, you just literally <laughs> just said you're coming. Yeah, I just <laughs> to the conclusion that you need to do three Hail Marys for our fathers. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it smells yeah. like cum. Though <laughs> it does smell cum. Not that here. I would know what that smells like or anything. Yes, you do. You've sinned. <laughs> Sinning with Satan. Sinning with Satan. Sappy Satan sins. Sappy Satan sins. Man. Um, uh, what was the question? I don't even remember what it I was. Don't, oh, oh, the doubt. Oh, the uh, doubt thing. Yeah. I don't know that I ever wanted to like quit, but I definitely was like. You know, you you do go on stage to give a presentation <laughs> every time you go up, and yeah. you, you know, you want to feel artistically fulfilled when you do it. So you kind of want to make sure, you're like, I don't, I don't know. It's a struggle because you don't, you know, you want to do what you do and what you think is funny, and sometimes to fight for that uh, is internal always, and you know. You're not only battling yourself, but you're battling, you know, the opinion of, you know, well, what are the other comics? think you know anytime you bomb in front of a bunch of comics sometimes it'll be graceful and fun but there's times i've bombed at the comedy store with like comics that i don't i don't necessarily know them like as friends like right. personally and you're just like oh do they like are, all the doubt seeks and i'm like do they maybe they don't ever think i'm funny and then now you're like you're like going back to like the high school brain of like i want them to like me i mean dude think i'm good you I know feel, what I, I mean i feel the same thing whenever i do a show uh like i typically perform like on the west side a little bit more and yeah. whenever i go to the east side and i have a set that didn't go well like it's definitely that thought of like man they never freaking see me right, and yeah i have this set and they think this is i'm the, like this is, is this? what you do oh so that's what they're doing over at the west side <laughs> of things like <laughs> right, it's exactly. so dumb yeah but you carry this uh this weight for no reason uh because also most of the comics are all like you know that we think they're like but really they're like I, that was me last week yeah <laughs> no exactly huh was right there with you yeah <laughs> i'm here for it if you need to get through it uh this is going off of uh what kind of venues that you actually uh like to perform in at miles casey 06 what was the venue where you shot your special rory scoville tries stand up for the first time and how did you choose it had a unique and different feel that most specials that are shot in theaters uh don't have and i really liked it uh thank you for saying that uh it's the relapse theater in atlanta georgia and uh it's the basement of an abandoned church bob wood is the owner and he uh Kind of, there's a there's a documentary that's going to come out this year, kind of about stand up and myself doing six shows there and him running that theater, but he kind of broke in and decided to like turn it into a theater. It was abandoned, and he it was illegal for him to do that. But he just started doing. He started throwing, uh, having improv shows. He started like teaching improv. He like kind of bought some booze to start selling. Uh, booze, which is the very illegal part <laughs> of it, but there's a whole whole story behind it. But anyways, that was introduced to me by the Atlanta comedy scene uh, years ago. Yo, breaking into a church, I love that. <laughs> of course you do. Yes, I do. Uh, it's your favorite place to break into. Yeah, and then do improv there. Yeah. Does there get a bigger sin than that? Yeah, improv that, in a church, breaking into there, or the heart of an angel. That's a, <laughs> that's your favorite. Oh, my food, two favorite delights. <laughs> 
<laughs> you love lust, don't you? You oh, love it. You're love lusty. It. I'm a lustful creature. Lusty moose. Ooh, uh, lusty oh, man, moose. I got a rack of horns on my head. <laughs> <laughs> a horny rack of horns. <laughs> horny rack of horns. You have no idea. I'm a lusty moose. <laughs> oh, just, uh, oh, just a moose in the heat. <laughs> Oh, you know how Satan gets down. Call of the beast. It's really just a horny moose. <laughs> People, uh, you know, they think it's, uh, you know, like uh, calf legs or something. It's moose legs on <laughs> Satan. <laughs> it's big old moose yeah, legs. Like, oh, he's half goat. It's not goat. It's not a goat. It's, it's straight moose. up moose, player. It's hind legs of a moose. <laughs> hind legs of a moose. <laughs> <laughs> It's so stupid. <laughs> moose legs. Moose legs, man. Moose, um, moose leg jerky. Yeah, Relapse Theater. If you're ever in Atlanta, check it out. Anybody near That's Atlanta, cool. go check out shows there. It's great. Great. Uh, at Brett Moulton on Instagram. Rory, can you tell the story about the wireless mic at the hotel gig? That was mm-hmm. such a funny visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do Christmas. Uh, we, there's a Saturday night show there. It's in Bethesda, Maryland. There's a Saturday night show there. All the time that Kurt Shackelford puts together, and uh, it's usually there's uh, the the downstairs of that hotel has like you know big conference rooms and event spaces with like fake walls that get put up, and so every Saturday, uh, based on ticket sales, he takes over one of the rooms and puts on a comedy show, and it's great. You get to do you, as a comic in DC, you get to do a lot of time, and he'd pay you, and it's kind of a great situation. Um, that particular show, all of us comics got to the show. And we were like, why is the show set up in the lobby? And it was one of those lobbies that, like, you know, it, you're inside the hotel. So you can see all the floors, the interior side of it. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, I don't know yeah, what yeah. that's called, but. Um, it's like a reverse know. motel almost. Yes. Like yes, you see a reverse all motel. of the rooms. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was like a eight, nine, ten floor, something like that. So it's pretty high. You see up. the elevator going up. You see and the elevator. Yeah. 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 And uh, we all get there and we're like, why is it up here? This is the worst setting for the show. And it was, he was like, uh, all of these companies rented out the rooms for Christmas parties. He's like, they told me as soon as I got here, they kind of like forgot, like, oh, yeah, you're going to be here. They only were worried about the, the parties. And so he's like, they said I could do it in the lobby. And so, you know, me and some other comics, as we often did then, were like outside smoking pot and uh, got a little high. And then we came in and we started performing on a show that... Uh, was fine. It was very lackluster. I mean, that space is horrific for it. And I had a wireless mic, and I think there was a part of me that was like, you know what? Let's just see if this... Let's just try this. And um, it didn't occur to me till I got on the elevator with the wireless mic where I was like, oh, if this goes out, this is a very long silence for me to go back down and get back to the stage. <laughs> yeah. And luckily, that microphone went up to like the sixth floor, still working. I started walking around. Guests could hear the whole. The sound is booming throughout the whole thing. It's yeah. awful for the guests. The show should have been canceled. But guests are like some kind of coming out of their room, and you know, there's one little girl. She was like, "It's my birthday." She was like four, and I was like, "All right, folks, here we go. Happy birthday!" So I'm trying to get people down there. No one's singing, but I am like booming echo. I walk away from them singing a loungy happy birthday. I try to hold the notes really long. I get back on the elevator, go down, um, get, get I go into someone's room that was connected, and I come out another door, and I try to tell the crowd, I'm like, I'm shitty, like shitty magic trick. 
I go back on stage and like the manager of the like hotel is like, do, don't do that again. Do not do that again. And my only response was like, oh, you saw that. You saw all that happen. Like the obvious thing. <laughs> oh, the thing that I just saw, yeah. everyone saw me do? You saw that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it was, it was another one of those nights where pre-flip camera, I had like the little mini tape camcorder. <laughs> you have a GoPro ring on your head <laughs> yeah. and you're walking around. My, uh, <laughs> my wife, girlfriend at the time is like filming me. Uh, I gave her the camera and I was like, hey, film my set. Um, and so she filmed it and like, uh, it's, it's funny. Like that comes up, uh, like it shows people will be like, yeah, you're, I mean, that was forever ago. It was so long ago that I did that, but people will so be like, the yeah, clip that, is posted. That, it's on YouTube. It's been on YouTube for oh. a long time. And oh, people wow. be like, that's so crazy when you went in that hotel and you went up this thing. And, uh, it's kind of funny cause I don't, I, 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 it became an afterthought. I never reflected yeah. back on it or anything until at shows, slowly people would kind of bring it up and only now do I recognize like, oh yeah, I mean, I guess that that was crazy. I mean, yeah. at the time I just thought, oh, I'm an asshole who's <laughs> fucking around, but people watch it and they're like, oh, that was enjoyable. Like, it's not truly, it's truly not that funny, <laughs> but it is just wild. It's just more like, wow, this is yeah, happening. It's kind of just a wild thing that yeah. happened and I, you know, tried to make the the best of it. I want somebody to to uh, edit a dubstep version of it there, like a GoPro version that uh, with you on the different floors, like blah 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 blah. You going down the elevator and make like a thirty second trailer for it. Have you seen the elevator show remix? Have you seen that? Dude, it's crazy. And then lobby remix. And then you watch the the original, and they're like, oh, this this isn't as action packed as this is really stale. Trailer Whoa. is very falsifying to what <laughs> I thought I was going to see, but okay, good for that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it, it was fun having a wireless mic. I do being up on the sixth floor. Anytime I have a wireless mic, I always take you advantage say, of it. Yeah, I always wireless do. mic, sixth floor, looking out on that giant space and hearing your voice. Like I could, like Brr. literally talking this loud, just taking over the whole, like the whole place, and being like, oh wow, like, like this. Oh, there it is. Should I do it here? Hey, everybody. Alien Rory. I'm reading your mind. <laughs> Alien Rory? I work for Satan. I'm his assistant. Wait, you're Satan's assistant? Yes. Every time uh, he'll have a request, for instance, he started doing a new podcast, so I kind of like gather some questions, and I try to book the guests, and I get the studio space, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, call yourself what you are. You're a producer. I'm an assistant. Okay. I don't want all the hassle a producer has. I want to be an assistant that does what a producer does. Okay, I'm just saying, like, you sound like you really want the producer title. I don't want the title. I want the work of the producer, but I don't want the pay of the producer. I just want to be an assistant. I mean, that sounds good to me, man. I'm reading your mind. You're broken. You're broken inside. Get out of my mind. No. Don't read Satan's mind. No, I'm reading it right now. I said get out of there. A lot of rainbows. That would surprise people. A lot of Can rainbows. A lot of skipping. You better, shut, you better shut your mouth you, right now. So, you're picturing the Bible and how much you love it. Alien Rory, I don't even know what I'm going to do with your body. You love the Bible. You love the Bible. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, God. 
God, I wish I could just, I wish that like being able to do those functions, you could just do them in your brain and just that your voice became that. Oh yeah. Just that's your standard. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun to do a set and just give like full control to like a trustworthy person in the sound booth. Yeah. To not overdo it. To, to not know overdo when it. To, to do know it. when. Yeah. Like, like, like you're doing improv with them where they're like, oh, it seems like he's going to that sudden, same and then he's voice gonna go, in a second. Like, yeah. 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 <gasps> Lit. Yeah, 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 and it be there or yeah. crazy echo. Yeah, yeah, to have to play uh, off of that. Yeah, yeah, these things are fun, man. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> and every guest that you have on the show gets to just keep that. Um, <laughs> you know, no, you know what? Uh, let's get into this next question. <laughs> now, are these party favors? What are these things? Do I get to keep all of this. Do I get to keep this, this equipment? TV is mine. I'm just now. gonna put this on my back real quick. So giving. Uh, uh, are you a Tool fan? Tool, very big, very at, big in a Tool. At Carrie Van V, uh, what's your favorite Tool album, uh, or song? Uh, Anima is going to be the album for sure. Uh, that's when I kind of really first got into them. Um, that came out in '96, I think. Uh, favorite song is that's tough because it literally There's right such now such a huge catalog too huge catalog and because I really do truly love all of it but I just go in and out of phases and right now uh, off their album 10,000 Days I'm really digging uh, Right In 2 the song Right In 2 is like great I love that their songs are way way too long in like a beautiful way um, and hopefully fingers crossed new album out this year it's been 2006 was the last time they put an album out. Oh wow. 12 plus years. This summer will be 13 years. That's fucking crazy. That's a long time. I love them. I was just looking to see like they're doing some rock festivals in uh in Europe and I was like, is this feasible? <laughs> Do I have the miles? Hey, um honey, I want to go see Tool in Europe. I know that we're saving for a house, but is it okay if I go spend money in Europe alone? <laughs> just to be clear, this is just for me. <laughs> I want to make that clear right up front, okay? Yeah, I'm going alone. Uh, I think your wife is actually calling into uh, the show. Rory. Oh, all right. Um, hello? Uh, is this uh, Mrs. Scoville? I'm hearing of any sort of a tool venture whatsoever. Well, you sound like a, a very sweet lady, first oh, off. well, that's, you know, that looks and sounds can be deceiving. <laughs> I have what? a deeper, darker past than anyone has ever known. I've been married five times. <laughs> I've gone on trial numerous times, accused of murder. All five of my ex-husbands are dead. You have five ex-husbands? That's right, yeah. They're all deceased. Please don't leave that part out. They're all dead, no longer with us. All accidents, all the exact same accident. Wait, what was the accident? All of them accidentally fell on an ice pick at the right angle that went right into their eye and brain. Oh my goodness. While they were sleeping. <laughs> they fell while they were sleeping into yes. an ice pick? All very active sleepers. Mrs. Scoville, where did you even get an ice pick? I haven't even seen one of those in years. Oh, well, I always, I've always owned an ice pick. Uh, I've kept the same ice pick from all of the deaths. All it, five deaths occurred at the 
the same ice pick that well, I told them don't sleep with an ice pick or don't put it near the bed, but they well, never listen. Rory, they never, they never listen. Uh, well, Rory said that your father owned a refrigerator company. I guess that's where you probably got it from. No, no. Oh. <laughs> Salvation Army. Just, uh, you, wait, you, you just willy-nilly picked one up there? Yeah, you know, I'm just a big ice pick fan, so I just, I found an ice pick in one of the, one of the, on one of the shelves at the Salvation Army, and I said, oh, that's a nice, you know, instrument. That's what I call it, an instrument. Why would you call it an instrument? Instrument of death. Oh, okay. Um, but also an instrument of just breaking up a bigger cube into smaller cubes to use for drinks and what have you. So you're not a fan of, of Rory potentially going to Europe? Oh, no, I told him. That if he were to go on this trip, there would be grave consequences. Grave consequences? Grave, as in my other husbands are in a grave, and <laughs> he he could get murdered while he's in Europe if he were to go. G- judging by your language, I have to ask: Are you a gypsy woman? Yeah, I used to be. I was very. It was. I was young. I was in college. You went through a gypsy phase. I- phase like we all do surely you've had your gypsy phases where you just suddenly were in a group of gypsies traveling around i i had more of a uh, a rum springer phase oh not me not me <laughs> lots no. of tapestries caravanning about uh going to a lot of fish concert parking lots and uh taking some souls if you will oh okay <laughs> well uh, i'm glad to that you're still married to Rory and that uh, he made love it. Love him to death is Oops. what I say every time he goes to sleep. <laughs> uh, she's not. I, hey, I know that she's giving off a vibe, but just to be very clear, she is great in bed and so fun to be around. He knows. He knows what to say at the right time. Well, Mrs. Scoble, thank you so much for calling to the show. Cool. You're still you're still on the Give show. Me a second here. Okay. Oh, I farted a little bit. Are you I'm still on the line? You said click. You said click. You're clearly still on the line. You said I, click, and yeah. it didn't even sound like the phone hanging up. I said click. I thought I had clicked it, but I I just said click. You said so click, like I, the Adam Sandler movie. I thought if I say click, you would then hang up on your end. Okay, I'm gonna hang up yeah. after you say click. Okay. Me too. Click, 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 I, click, clacky, click, click. Oh, I farted again. Okay. Goodbye. I have gas. So she, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll go on the tour. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll follow him. I don't know. We'll Tickets see. are pricey. We'll see. Let's get into this final segment. <sighs> Seg me, dude. Seg me. Sax talk. Sax talk. Fuck yeah. So I told Rory before the show that he was going to have to prep a story of a sexual encounter. And I'm going to play some sweet, sweet saxophone underneath. Whenever you're ready, Rory, I will follow you with some saxophone. Okay. 
And uh, sorry in advance for the uh, PG-13 rating on this bad boy. You know, the year was uh, not even that long ago. <laughs> I was in Orlando, Florida, hanging out with my good buddy, Greggy B. We decided to uh, get out there for a hot night on the town. Just a couple of comics looking to let loose. So we finish our show uh, in Orlando, and we decide, you know what? Why don't we skip it on down to Tampa Way? So we did. Now, as you may or may not know, down in Tampa, there's a little a little collection of some strip joints on the strip, and boy, let me tell you, they know how to do it right. You get to touch the girls, and I mean respectful, like, I mean, you sit down, you pay the money, and they go, you see these two things upstairs? Go ahead and have your way. And that's a lot of fun, I'll tell you what. It's a lot of fun to go to a strip club and someone say, you're allowed to get handsy if you want to. But like I said, all respectful, like. No, I'm not good with my money, and anytime I'm around strippers, boy, I'll tell you what, I don't mind spending all the bank if I can. So I gave all my cash to Greggy B, and he said, I'll loan you some as I see fit. And this hot stallion of a woman came sauntering over to me. Just clad in her sexy silk. And she said, you want to dance? And I said, Greg, am I allowed to? And he said, here's a 20 spot, have your fun. So I go sit on the couch for my personal lap dance. As anyone who's ever been to a strip joint is aware that a lap dance is the length of one song. God, I was hoping they'd play Stairway to Heaven. Because those were the stairs I was hoping to climb. And I sat back on that couch, splayed out all nice, and I said, have your way with me, woman. And boy, she started to. She took her top off, and boy, they were looking nice. Then she removed the bottom, and the thing that I liked the most is that she said I could help, and boy, the lust was boiling. She grinded me the way you grind when you go, hey, you want to have sex with our clothes on? <laughs> And so she grinded and grinded, reverse cowgirl, then regular cowgirl. Then she told me she grew up as a cowgirl and she was grinding me. And I was almost at the point of absolute climax. You know, when you're really feeling it. 
And then uh, the song ends, and uh, she then gets up. And uh, put on her clothes. I paid her the money, and she uh, wandered back into the club to continue dancing for other people. And I uh, was in excruciating pain because I was ready to explode and wasn't given the chance to, and I did what every man would do. I then went back to the hotel and masturbated as feverishly as I possibly could. (laughs) So much fun. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there was no suspense to my story. Stairway to Heaven as a strip club song <laughs> is my favorite idea. Like you you giving the DJ a $5 bill and be like, hey, hey man, give me a long hey, one. Just, <laughs> yeah. Give me and the boys a long one. Do you have any Jethro Tull? <laughs> do you have anything that's uh, more ballad? Yeah. Do, you have, do you have the Lord of the Rings soundtrack? Do you have any live fish stuff when they go into a 20 minute jam? <laughs> do you have any uh, Beethoven symphony? <laughs> You got any of that? Hardest thing to fucking look sexy dancing to. Like, oh, what? Yeah, I played the whole nutcracker. I thought it was funny. It was, yeah. (laughs) It was delightful. It is fun to visualize. Yeah. uh, uh, Somebody who's trying to do a classy strip club. (laughs) It's like, we only play Chopin, Beethoven, Mozart. You're not getting any uh, new metal or any hip hop in here. No R. Kelly in this joint. <laughs> we are a little more sophisticated than that. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, then are you more of a brothel? Doesn't seem like a brothel yeah. isn't a sophisticated strip joint where you're like, hey, we have sex. Come on, what are we here for? <laughs> I thought whenever you were describing your ideal venue to perform comedy at, that you were slowly going to start describing this strip club. You know, there's like a few poles in yeah, the middle. Some of the girls are dancing. Yeah. And- there's you know. a DJ in the middle telling you, hey, kind of coming to the main stage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Rory Scoville. <laughs> oh, um, oh, I have to ask this. Jay Larson Comedy asks, yeah. everyone oh, pronounces God. his name Scoville, but it's really Scoville. Does that bother him? No. And no one does that. Only those closest to you try to hurt you the most. Jay Larson. Jarson. 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 the horror movie Jarson. Jarson. By the way, if you haven't seen Jay Larson in The Invitation, I know that I'm a little late to hyping this for him. Amen. But oh my God, what a performance. Yeah. Rory and I went with Jay opening night That's to right. see Arc The Light. Invitation. At the Arclight. At the Arclight. <laughs> <laughs> and anytime that. Uh, if, dude, if if Jay's wife and some of his other friends wouldn't have been with him, I would have been so annoying. Because anytime, uh, anytime that he appeared on screen, I would be like, uh, "It's my friend, <laughs> Jay. Jay, you're Cheering killing for him it." Like he's yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah. Jay, you're doing great up there, buddy. People in the theater going, "Who? Shut up!" 
We did that with a. We went with a Johnny Scordis uh, to see the Equalizer, <laughs> right? And he has a pretty big part in it. And yeah. the like a big part of the movie. Like anytime he'd appear on screen, we go. <laughs> like, we know him. Yeah, like it'd be like a rock concert, and then eventually <laughs> right. people figured out what was going on because we were only cheering Over when, yeah. when he, So at the end of the movie, they were like looking for him. Like, oh, yeah. I think that's the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. He's yeah. trying to like kind of lay low, like shut the fuck up. Yeah, what are you doing, guys? <laughs> We're doing the wave. Whoa, <laughs> there dude. he is. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny, that's our friend, dude. Thanks so much for doing the show, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, you have your show coming up on Comedy Central. Do you want to plug anything else? Uh, well, any and all show dates are just at RoryScoville.com. Uh, I try to put up stuff on Instagram or Twitter, but uh, RoryScoville.com is probably the most updated if you wanted to see something live and if you don't there's a special on netflix that is not live that was recorded years ago <laughs> it's so old. oh god oh. it's awful oh don't even look it up <laughs> but go netflix. watch that if you go watch to. that it's on netflix it's not obtainable <laughs> to watch at all oh uh dude you are one of my i always tell people they ask me uh who some of my favorite performers are on stand up on the spot. And I always, you're always one of those names. Oh, thanks, that man. I say, Thank you. Yeah, dude. Thanks. I always love doing that fun. show. It's, it's the scariest show that I do. Yeah. Like anytime you are like, come and do the show. I always have to go, oh, do I tell him I can't make it? Cause I'm so afraid. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about this. Uh, I love it. it yeah, dude. Me. I always love having you. And, uh, I highly encourage anybody who's, who's watching or listening to, uh, check out Rory live is one of my favorite performers. Love you, dude. Thanks, thanks for doing the show. Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. You the best. You the best. <laughs> <laughs> Satan voice just comes back in. You're the best. It's like, oh, he's nice though. He's a nice Satan. No, you're the best. <laughs> it was me all along, Rory. I would love to find out that Satan actually has good intentions. It's just people misinterpret the laugh. He's I'm really just, having fun. <laughs> I'm just misunderstood. <laughs> Your laugh is so evil. We do un- mean to be. We do another. Th- we do another three-hour podcast. <laughs> 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 All right, we gotta go, guys. <laughs> <laughs>